We all have a story to tell. The longer our lives, the richer our stories. When I look at you, I see a woman of strength, integrity, character. A woman who has seen hardships, struggles, pain, and loss. A woman who has compassion, love, courage, and power. A woman who has succeeded, failed, and learned. A woman who will continue to persevere and thrive. When I look at you, I see a woman who is wise, not withered. Welcome to the Wise Not Withered show. I'm your host, Juliana. I am primarily a musician. I compose, play piano, and sing and dance with children for a living, but I've always had a passion for writing and for video games. The storytelling potential in games these days is essentially limitless, and so are the ages of the protagonists. You can read more about the Wise Not Withered global collaborative project, Phase 2.0, on my website, wisenotwithered.com. The goal of Why Is Not Withered as a whole, in all of its phases, is to expand representation of middle-aged and elderly women in a society that currently values feminine youth over wisdom. Here in Phase 1, Season 1, you'll hear inspiring life stories of various wise women that I personally know. We talk about upbringing, careers, romantic relationships, challenges, successes, and lessons learned. After each interview, I'll take a bit of time to reflect on what I learned from each woman and how her story relates to my own life. All right, so I'm interviewing Mrs. McGurk, who was my high school counselor. Thank you so much for doing this. Okay, so how old are you? I am 42, I think. I think I'm 42. (laughs) Okay, do you have any nicknames? I don't have, it was so sad when I wrote that question, I was like, no, when you have a name, like, my first name is Marty. Well, I was going to say, I had some, like, unsavory nicknames when I was uh, in third grade, and, you know, boys figured out that Marty rhymes with farty, but, like, any real nicknames? No, none. Okay. All right. Um, What was or is your relationship with your mother like? Oh, wow. It's like a novel. Um, So... (laughs) My dad died when I was in the end of eighth grade. No, oh. the end of ninth grade. So oh, okay. it was just like it's been my mom and my brother and I for, I mean, for most of now, for most of my life. Mm-hmm. So, um, and my mom was like a hyper involved PTA mom. Like she was in, literally, she was involved in everything possible in the school. Did you appreciate that or was it annoying? Um, there were moments I appreciate, like thinking about it as an adult, like I really appreciate all the, the time she put into it, but Mm -hmm. she's very extroverted. And though you might not necessarily expect this, I'm pretty introverted. Mm. So I was just like, I would just like to be unnoticed, but you couldn't her name is Missy you couldn't be unnoticed when you were Missy's daughter so um so I love her and I have enormous respect for her but sometimes I might have wished she could have just you know not been quite so involved in everything (laughs) how about how about now what's your relationship like 
with her now. So she actually, after my son was born, she moved from Southern California. Um, so she lives in Sunnyvale now okay. um, because she wanted to be closer to family. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say now it's, it's good. Like being adults, I think it's easier to mm-hmm. see where she's coming from mm-hmm. versus I think when I was, you know, 16, 17, 18, I was like, why are you all up in my business? And I'm like, oh, okay, I understand how that works. So I would say now we're pretty close, um, which okay. is which is pretty cool. Yeah, so so you talked about your differences, like um, introversion, extroversion. Um, what ways do you think you're similar to her? Um, I think we're both super, super passionate. Um, I mean, we each have our own interests, but both of us, like we call it, my maiden name is Mittman, which you might remember. And so in my family, it's called the Mittman mission. Like when you get like a bee in your bonnet and you just like, whatever it is, you like have to do it. And it could be something super ridiculous. Like, I don't, I'm trying to think like one time I wanted a doll when I was growing up, like this one particular type of doll and like I obsessively researched it and I found out when it was going to be released and whatever. And like just tunnel vision. Um, she makes persimmon cookies. This is so random, but like, (laughs) so we've been engaged in like semi obsessive research to find out where people are giving away free persimmons that we can use, um, to make these legendary family cookies so we're both very uh, mission oriented (laughs) I would say and then I'd like to think we're both like fairly positive people yeah I think just outlook wise okay okay um so where did you grow up so ooh, (laughs) I grew up things you don't usually tell people so I grew up in southern California in Orange County um in Newport Beach which is about as privileged and white and Republican of a place as you can possibly imagine. (laughs) And when I was growing up, like, I don't really think I realized that that was not normal. Mm. Um, And then I got to college and I found other people that had more liberal views like I had, but never really said. And so Mm. then... um, Although it was a beautiful, kind of idyllic place to grow up, I pretty much left and have never looked back. Mm, okay. So. so, did you move here from there, or have you been other places, so, or where have you lived? I went to college in Illinois um, at okay. Northwestern, so just a little bit north of Chicago, and I lived there for five years, um, and then I came to Northern California because I was dating a guy that I was 100% certain I was going to marry. Um, which uh, clearly that did not work out because I married someone who worked at the school. Um, but then I, so I've been here now for almost 20 years. Okay. Excellent. All right. So obviously you're employed. I am employed. (laughs) Um, so yeah. How long have you been a counselor? This is an excellent question. So I think I've been a counselor for about 12 years now. And then I was a teacher, an English teacher, for about eight years before that. Okay, was that here? Here. All oh, out, my entire adult okay. life of employment <laughs> has been at Mountain View High School. Okay. So, nice. yeah, so it's good. How about before that? What, was, what were some of your first jobs that you ever had? So, the first job I ever had was working at, oh my God, the worst job ever, Carl's Toy Store in Fashion Island in Newport Beach, where 
I was like, you know, basic customer service, sales, cash register, except it was right by some really fancy restaurants and a movie theater. Parents would leave their kids in the toy store and then their kids would go batshit crazy and we would be left to kind of clean up after that. Wow. So, oh, no. Yeah, so it was Ugh. like completely wild. So that only lasted for about six months. And then I've worked in a preschool, did a lot of babysitting, like lots of stuff with kids. And then in college, I worked um, in residential life. I was a resident assistant and then a okay. residence hall coordinator. So... Um, like pretty much everything I've ever done has been like with younger people in some capacity. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Um, let's see. Well, talk about counseling more. Like what, what have you learned? Oh, I did. <laughs> well, first of all, I think I've learned that like the, the older, I don't know if it's the older I get or if it's just how much the generation changed kids mm-hmm. lives today are so much harder than it was. Five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. All the activities that they're made to do. Yeah, like just the, whether, Mm -hmm. yeah, whether it's you need to be in this, that, or the other activity, or you have to maintain this presence in your social media, Mm -hmm. and you have to deal with, you know, people's expectations for your body, or for your gender, or your cultural expectations for your family in terms of what's an okay job for you to get after high school or if it's okay to go to college. So I think it was a lot simpler when I was graduating from high school and just like plunked out a couple of applications via typewriter and was (laughs) like, Hey, peace out. Let's just go away. And now I think, I think their lives are so much more complicated Mm -hmm. um, and a lot more complicated that I think a lot of people give it, you know, credence to yeah yeah which I think is kind of hard so right interesting um, okay so talk about the romantic relationships you've had let's see well I don't know if you can count like high school things so I had a pretty serious (laughs) boyfriend all through or through most of high school um he was just like an awesome stand-up like wonderful human being and then he was a year older than me so he went away to college Mm -hmm. and I stayed in high school and then let's see, I date, date, we'll call it dating. Like I saw for a little while, this guy in college who turned out to be, this is where I question my judgment, turned out to be a drug dealer, um, who was ultimately arrested out of his dorm, uh, for dealing drugs and Uh got kicked out of school. And, and I had no I literally no idea. Mm. So I was like, okay, I need to take some inventory of your cluelessness there. <laughs> um, so that was not my best, best decision making there. Um, he was very like smooth and clever. Mm. And so I guess I was not the first person that this happened to before he got arrested. Yeah. <laughs> in jail. Um, and then I met, so the reason I ended up here is because I met my college, like college junior year, I think we started dating. So we dated my junior year, senior year. And then when I was in graduate school there, um, and he was was super great. Like he was a wonderful human being, super into music and just cool. And we did a ton of like camping and outdoor stuff. And I totally thought he was the person I was going to marry. And so we 
after he graduated, we got in our car and moved to Northern California and got an apartment together. And then I realized, wait a second, he doesn't want to have children. Oh. Which he had told me. Okay. Like, he, he had told me, and I was like, no, no, he's going to change. He's going to, I'm going to change him. Uh. And you're not going to change over someone's values like that. So, yeah. so we dated for my first, it was my first year of teaching here. And at the end, I was like, look, I want to get married and have kids. And you don't want to ever have kids. And, like, that's not. I don't think that's negotiable for either of us. And yeah, yeah. it was, I mean, it was super sad, but I mean, I wasn't willing to compromise something that big and I'm right. glad I didn't because yeah, yeah, totally. then <laughs> I met Mr. McGurk here and like, you know, I never thought I would have married someone that's been divorced and had kids already. Mm, and it right, turned out right. to be like the, literally the best thing ever. Like I, <laughs> hit the jackpot so if it hadn't have been for being the idiot woman who follows <laughs> the boy and like thinks she's going to change him I never would have found the great love of my life so yeah you know, it's some, a good way to some, look at it sometimes <laughs> bad decisions lead to good outcomes mm-hmm. that's that's a good one all right so name two or three mentors that you've had over your life excluding parents or their family members okay um, so the first one, I would say her name is Peggy. Um, and she was like, she is just like, she's a rock star. So she was the college and career center person at my high school. So my counselor in high school was the biggest jackass on the face of the planet. Like I told him what I wanted to do and where I wanted to go to college. And he was like, oh, I think you're aiming too high. I don't think that that's, you know, I don't think you're going to get into those places. And oh, wow. Like, he was a total punk. That's so discouraging. <laughs> he was, yeah, he was, he's not my favorite. He's not my favorite. So <laughs> she works in a college and career center. And, I mean, she was just, like, so she was like, of course you can do it. And so she just, like kind of guided me through the process and you know like she's still like we're still connected you know 30 years or so later (laughs) so like she's still someone that I asked for advice like when I went into counseling um like she was someone that I talked to like what's your day like you know what are the things that are hard what are the things that are easy so she's been like totally like a beacon my whole life um great yeah so she's She's a boss. And then, I don't know if she was, she probably was here, Miss Peltz? That name does sound does, familiar. I don't know. So, yeah. she was, um, Donna was the assistant principal. Yeah, I, I think I do remember a her. Long, yeah. yeah, for a long time here. So, when I was the department coordinator for counseling, and she was the assistant principal who kind of oversaw us, um, she totally, like, took me under her wing and, you know, like helped me become a better leader in our department and like helped me learn to manage yeah. counseling. There's a shocking amount of adult drama in counseling. Um, shocking. So she's kind of ironic. Doesn't it though? <laughs> doesn't it though? It does. So she, and again, like she's someone that I still talk to, ask advice of, and there are like both of them are just like, 
like smart, savvy, like no nonsense, no BS women that, you know, like such, yeah, like such good role models, such good like examples, I think of like the kind of woman in, in education I want to be. Mm, okay. So yeah, they fierce and fabulous. <laughs> Okay, actually, going going back a little bit, how did you make that trans- transition from being an English teacher to a counselor? Like, oh, what yeah, what kind of no, drove that, that change? So I, I mean, I love, like, if I could teach English, like, if I, if I could just only teach English and never have to grade any papers, <laughs> I, I would do it. Because, like, it's mad, like, being in the classroom with kids and, like, watching them discover things is, yeah, like... Yeah. That you know, like yeah, it is literally totally. like the best when you watch the lights go on and you're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like this is my job. But grading papers and being a mom, mm. like there was no way I was going to be good at both. Yeah. And it was more important to me to be good at being a mom than mm-hmm. to be good at <laughs> whatever my chosen profession was. So okay. like transitioning to counseling, it still lets me have super awesome contact with kids and mm-hmm. like be part of their journey and help them get to where they want to go without the grading, without the grading, <laughs> right. Without the like negative impact on right. your life, mm-hmm. which I, you know. I have that privilege too. Yeah. Yeah. Go, where you're like, oh, great. You know, just have yeah. fun. Like let us enjoy our, yeah. Let us enjoy our things yeah. and then let us go out and we enjoy our things. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's great. Okay, so getting a little heavier, um, what was your first experience with death and grief? So probably, I was trying to think about, like, order, I think. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the first experience I had was with my dad dying. Right. Um, so he had liver and pancreatic cancer mm. when I was, like, in, honestly, it was, like, eighth must have been eighth grade. I'm trying to think about the teachers that I had because that's how I like kind of remember year to year. Yeah, yeah. So, and it's like at the time, I think they've made really big advances, but at the time, like, I mean, it's like the liver is like the survival rate's like 10%, and Mm -hmm. the pancreas, like when it's together, it's like whatever, like it's all bad. So, Mm -hmm. he was sick for only about a year before he died. Mm -hmm. So, um, and it just like it sucked. Like there's, there's nothing good. Like it was. I mean, I guess like if there's like good, like whatever the silver lining, which I, I don't know if there's silver lining. Like it was relatively like he didn't suffer for a long time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. did you find yourself getting closer to your mom or your family after that, or not really? No. Okay. No, uh, I w- I think I got closer to some of my girlfriends. Okay. Actually. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, because, so I have a little brother. And so my mom was... <laughs> so sad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only starting to cry, too. It's okay. Oh, wow. So, and he is six years younger than me so he was like I don't know what would that be like like, like 14 I was like 14 so, so he was like, like what is that six? like fourth grade 
or third grade. Wow, I can't do math right now. I so know. fourteen, so he'd be like I think eight it was or like, nine. Yeah, so I think that's like thirdish grade. So yeah, he was yeah. little. So I think she dealt with him. Mm. Yeah. So, but like I had kick-ass girlfriends, so <laughs> yeah. So they kind of helped you through yeah. it. Okay. Oh. Wow. <laughs> I know, dark I, I, and twisty, sorry. Yeah, no, no, it's good. Uh, anything you want to add about that, or shall we move on? Go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, so what's one of the biggest challenges you've overcome? Either a specific situation or, like, over the course of many years. Oh, that's a good question. So... I, don't, I mean, probably, like, when I was in that relationship with that guy. The one that you The one that in. I followed. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I was, I was, I was all in. I mean, like, I was sure, you know, like, because in my mind, you were supposed to go to college to get a degree. Yeah. But also, like, that was where you're supposed to find, <laughs> I mean, that like, that's how my parents met. Like, that's how everybody's parents met I knew. So then oh, okay. I was like, okay, well, that's what you do. And, I mean. Get your MRS. <laughs> get your MRS. I know, which is, like, so shitty because I'm, like, <laughs> such a feminist and, like, that. But, you know, it's just, like, so part of the culture that I grew up in. Like, I mean, everyone, or not everyone, but my mom when she, she had to go back to work after my dad died, she was one of like two or three moms I knew that worked outside the home. Like everybody, it's like immense privilege. So (laughs) stay at home moms and the bake sale and the Girl Scout leading. And so like, that's what I was used to. So, I mean, I think I realized, like, I'm pretty sure when we moved out here, like pretty early on, I had internalized the fact that he was never going to want to have kids. Mm. And I stayed because I was like, but, but maybe, but maybe he'll change, you know, like the stupid, like weak woman, <laughs> like I can change him or maybe, maybe I don't want to have kids and, or I'll change, you know, right. Yeah. And then like it mm. at some point it was like, no girl, <laughs> no, you're not going to change. Like you're not going to not want to have kids. Like that's a non-negotiable and he's yeah, not yeah. going to want like, and no matter how much we loved each other, mm-hmm. n- like it wasn't enough. And that was like an incredibly hard thing for me to wrap my head around. Like how can, how can I love you and you love me and we're so good together and but we don't want the same things. Yeah. yeah. And so it was hard to like, let that go. And like, I knew when I came here, he was the only person I knew. Oh, so I knew no, I like, I literally knew nobody and all the friends I made were through him. Mm -hmm. At least at the beginning. So I was like, okay, you're in a new place and you're by yourself. And you have no friends, and no one's there, and what are you going to do? And then, of course, I made friends here, and, like... Things worked out. <laughs> again, like, things work out, like, better than I ever could have imagined, but I think, yeah. like, letting go of the fantasy of it, I think, mm. was was really, was really hard. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, a little later, what, what hobbies do you have? <laughs> um, I have lots of hobbies, like, strange hobbies, so I love to read, like... 
all the things. I could read all the time. Someday I'm going to be retired and I'm just going to have like a big stack of like whatever, whatever books I can possibly find. Um, so I'm actually, I'm reading right now. Um, I don't know if you've seen Define or no, Dear America by Jose Antonio Vargas. I haven't. Who went to our school. So I'm reading, like, I, a former English teacher, am reading a book by an author who graduated from our school. So, like, that's pretty damn cool. Was he a student here when you were Um, Yeah, so he was a student here when I was a teacher, but we never intersected. Okay. So, but I'm like, oh, my God, how cool, like, how cool is that? So (laughs) I dig, I dig reading. Um, I totally dig working in my garden, like, just doing getting out there in, like, the mulch and the dirt and, like, making pretty things. And then yeah. <laughs> probably my biggest thing is I love I love to run. Okay. Like, all – I would run all the time if I could, if there was more hours in the day. So Do you do marathons? I do half marathons. I have done a marathon, okay. but it's very time-consuming. Yeah. So half <laughs> marathons, like, it's a lot easier to train for in the confines that I have, so – but I dig it. Like running's a, it's a, it's a super cool community. Like I'm not fast. I will never be fast (laughs) and it's okay. Like, you know, people are just out there and everybody's really positive and like supportive. And you know, when you get the nods from like the people who are going, you know, so fast and they're like, good job. And you're like, yeah, (laughs) good job. That's right. So super cool. So have, has, have these hobbies been like you've always been into reading and gardening and writing. Yeah, I mean honestly, like I know it sounds dorky that I gardened <laughs> when I was in high school, but yeah, I no, that's like cool. I that's totally good. like I did like I dig the outdoors and mm-hmm. yeah, I've been running since I was yeah in high school sometime, and I've been reading. I mean, like obsessively forever. Yeah, <laughs> um, that was totally my thing growing up. So. Excellent. Yeah. Great. Okay, so obviously you have children. I do. Um, so what what things do you feel you've been able to accomplish, or maybe what things have you learned from your kids? Um, wow, that's there's like so many things. <laughs> yeah. No, I think probably I think like I would never have said I was a patient person before I had kids. Like mm-hmm. I am. I think wired for impatience and children of of all ages shapes and size really like force you to slow down and yeah. to just be like <laughs> okay like you cannot do all the things right now because you don't know how to do all the things <laughs> and so like okay we will stop and we will wait and like you know, I think you notice more that way, you know, when, mm. when I would take Patrick out, like he used to love, he had these like Thomas the Tank Engine rain boots and a raincoat and he would love to go out, you know, and just like cruise around when it was raining. And, you know, my pre-mother self would have been annoyed, like we're getting wet and why can't mm. we just get to where we're going? <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Like, and, but it's, you know, like, it teaches you to really, like, slow down, you know, and you notice, like, he noticed worms on the sidewalk, and we floated leaves in the gutter, and, and, I don't know, you, as an adult, you miss that stuff, if you're like me, and always, like, kind of impatient and in a hurry, and so, like, the, the act of slowing down and kind of being more present, Mm -hmm. I think is, is pretty magical. Yeah, yeah. 
And that's interesting. Like, wonder when that kind of leaves. Yeah, I know. It's sad. (laughs) I know. I know. I'm like, when do you lose that? Because you do. I mean, like everybody does. And then you Mm -hmm. wake up one day and you're like, oh God, (laughs) how did that happen? Like, but it's nice because then, I mean, I think having had kids now bring that awareness into other things. Yeah. Like, you, you know, you like when I'm running, like, Again, in, in my former universe, I would just run, like try to run as fast as I can, you know, which, again, not fast, so it doesn't really matter. So now, like, if I'm running a Rancho San Antonio and there's turkeys, like, I'll just stop for a few minutes and just, like, watch and see what the turkeys are up to. Yeah. Or, like, if there's a deer, like, I just chill and, like, see what the deer is doing, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. So it's nice. I think it teaches you not to focus so much on getting to where you're going that, mm-hmm. like, you don't sounds cliche but like you don't enjoy like the moment or the journey yeah yeah totally yeah that's that's cool uh what would you consider your greatest success in life so far wow (laughs) oh my gosh if Uh, you can just i know if i could just like sum it up into things um (laughs) i think i mean again like it kind of goes back to you know, how I was raised, but I think being a good wife and a good mom, Mm -hmm. um, like those are things like, I think my family is, and I'll totally cry, (laughs) like the most important thing. And so like that they know that (laughs) and they can count on me and that our kids are good people. Like that Mr. Burger, can I have a successful marriage? Like all that stuff. (laughs) <laughs> like I think that's the win yeah yeah for me at uh, least <laughs> and I know that's probably not the uh the feminist answer <laughs> but there you go girl yeah yeah um how about your greatest failure and maybe maybe spin it more like <sighs> yeah. what what did you what did you learn from that's something that good. might have seemed like a failure at the time <laughs> I'm trying to think, like, because there's definitely been a lot of things that I've been like, oh, that was, that was real bad. I think maybe, like, it's not like a singular specific thing, mm-hmm. but like, especially growing up. Like, so, where I come from, like, I shit you not, people look like Barbies. Yeah. Like, like, I am not (laughs) joking you. Like, I grew up in a place where girls had, like, platinum blonde hair, and, like, I'm pretty sure everybody had an eating disorder, or, like, Uh, I mean, there were girls doing cocaine in the bathroom to stay skinny, Everybody had oh. fake tans. I mean, like, yeah. that's the world I came from. A lot of and, image. Yeah, like, so, you know, I spent a long time, like, and again, it's like, singularly, they're dumb things, like, trying to straighten my hair so I can mm. look like everybody else, or yeah. trying to be skinnier, or not doing this sport, or that activity, because it wasn't, like, cool, or, yeah. like, appropriate for women in my yeah. community, you know, like... All the things. So it's like a million of those like little choices that when you wake up and you're like, 
oh, I can't be- like, as an adult woman, like, I can't believe I was that person. Mm-hmm. Because now, like, I talk to girls all day long, and I'm like, you don't need that BS. Like, like you don't need to look a certain way or act a certain way. And you should raise your hand and be the first person to volunteer for things. And yeah, you should yeah. never squash your ideas. But I totally, like, was in that mindset that you had to be this image. Hmm. I mean, and, like, it took a long time to get to adulthood and be like, no, actually, you don't. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. You don't. But, I mean, it was like that to some degree. Like, I was like that in middle school, like that in high school for sure. Mm -hmm. To some degree, like, I rushed a sorority because I thought that that was what women should do like that was what all the like cool girls were doing and then at some point I was like no dumbass there are no cool (laughs) girls like there's just a bunch of women doing their own thing like do your thing girl but it took an I think it's embarrassing to think about how long it took me to realize that like in hindsight Mm mm-hmm it's like, why did someone not, like, reach across the table and slap me and be like, girl, this is all BS. And someday you're going to wake up and be really, really mad at your... I mean, not mad, because it is what it is, but yeah. just... It's funny when you think about where you are, and then you think about where you were. You're mm-hmm. like, oh, oh, I would not have liked me. Like, adult me and adolescent me, we would not have been friends. I would have been like, oh, oh funny. So... So it's not, like, a singular, Mm -hmm. like, thing that I can point to, but more the collective, like, perspective on what it means to be, to be, like, I don't know, what I thought it was to be, like, the right type of woman, Mm -hmm. or, like, the right type of girl, and and then to finally wake up one day and be like, um, no. How, How did you have that moment of, like, wow, this is not how things are supposed to be. You know, it's funny. I honestly, I think at least some of it was when I was doing like, I think about when I was in college and we were doing all the sorority stuff. Yeah. And I mean, it was like, I am not girly. Like I've never been, I mean, I pretended to be girly, but I'm not girly. Yeah. And we were sitting in this room and like, you know, you're talking to these women and the conversations were so shallow And I was, like, kind of looking around and just being like, what am I doing here? Hmm. And I talked to my mom, and she's like, what are you doing? (laughs) Like, why are you doing that? And I was like, I don't know, because everybody else is. And she's Hmm. like, okay. Yeah. And then I ended up meeting some other women through that experience who kind of felt the same way. Hmm. And then, like, and so, like, we just sort of started our own little, like connection and then like slowly like, untangling slowly, yourself exactly. out of that like just being like you know what that's not my thing and it's cool that it's their thing but it's not yeah, my thing yeah. you know so yeah so but yeah it's interesting like this is bizarre this is bizarre <laughs> again the adult me would not have liked the adolescent me very much I guess I guess the way that I would spit that into a success <laughs> is that the fact that you can look back and see how far yeah. you've come, you know, because there's definitely adults that are still like that. Right. And yeah. yeah, no, for sure. And like to be like, you know what? Like, I am happy with who I am. I'm happy with what I'm doing. Yeah. Like, I 
I think I'm a good person. Like, I like me. So, yeah. And you know what? If other people don't, like, <laughs> that's cool. That's totally okay. Yeah, I think that that is a really important thing to differentiate. It's like being in a sorority and being kind of shallow sometimes isn't bad. No, but it's right. like, it's just. That's not what every woman is. Exactly, mm-hmm. right. And, yeah. you know, I shouldn't also generalize because, like, I think about women I know who did go that route. And, like, some of them, like, one of them is a totally fierce feminist author. And one of them is in Michigan right now campaigning, like, a mad woman for Democratic candidates in, like, the last hour. So, like, you know, I... Like, so much of it is also the assumptions you mm. put on other people and, right. like, what you think they are when, you know, like, and now I look at it, I'm like, of course they weren't maybe all of what I thought they were. Yeah, yeah. But it was so, like, everything in my mind at the time was so, like, diametrically opposed, right? You were either this or this, mm-hmm. and there was not, like, there could not be a spectrum in between. Yeah, yeah. Somehow, like... I mean, it's okay to be like, getting a pedicure doesn't make you a bad feminist, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. but like, like, it took me a long time to kind of integrate that and be like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, like, I get it, ish, yeah. more, well, more than I did. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? Yeah, excellent. Um, so was there a defining moment in your life when you felt you became an adult or was it sort of a gradual transition? Oh, wow. actually it's funny I talk to my girlfriends about this all the time like and especially people here like when you work in a school I mean I don't know maybe you notice this too like I don't feel like an adult (laughs) I mean a lot of times like I look around and I'm like somebody pays me to do this (laughs) like so I mean so honestly like in my mind I still feel like totally young at heart so I don't know adulthood like, there will be times when I'm driving other people's kids to soccer practice in the carpool, and I'm like, what is happening right now? <laughs> like, I don't know. So, I mean, I am an adult. Like, I, I intellectually recognize that, but in some ways I'm like, I feel so, like, I think of myself as young. I, You know, you spend time with young people all the time. It's mm-hmm. impossible not to, like... <laughs> feel at least a little bit young so I I mean I I recognize that I am an adult (laughs) I mean I I really do right I pay bills yeah I clean the house I make the dinners like I do adult tasks but I honestly I don't know I mean maybe like living on my own in an apartment for the first time but I, I don't even I mean I honestly don't even know it's very strange I have those moments and I talk to my girlfriends about it semi-regularly. I'm like, you guys, we are parents of 10-year-olds. How did that happen? <laughs> you know, and they're like, I know. Like, who left me in charge of children? <laughs> and, and, like, it's, of course, it's fine. But it's yeah. so... I, it's honest, a weird idea it's, sometimes. It's very much like an out-of-body experience. I mean, I, again, I recognize that I'm an adult, but I don't... Mm-hmm. I don't really... I mean, I don't fully think of myself in that way, mm-hmm. you know? I don't know. And yeah. I don't know if that's my job or if that's just me or yeah. whatever. But, yeah, it is a little bit. So I, I don't know that – I suppose if I could point to something, it would be living on my own for the first time. Mm-hmm. But even that is 
like, I don't know. It just all seems so, like, strange and abstract at this time. <laughs> Honestly, like, it's a little bit Twilight zone <laughs> Okay. Um, so, this is kind of huge, but what what ways do you believe you've had the most impact on people? Um, I think I would say here. Yeah, um, yeah I think, like, you know, you don't go into education, as you know, because you're going to become rich or famous or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. Maybe people do, but... Um, famous teacher. <laughs> famous teacher. Like, even the teacher of the year or something is not famous. Like, that, you know, that's not our jam. But I, so I think, you know, like, when I think about like all the kids that I've either taught or counseled and the fact that for so many of them, like I still have relationships now Mm -hmm. and like to know that you've helped kids, what, you know, whatever, like become a better writer or like see their own value or, you know, help somebody out of a really like awful, terrible situation, you know, like things in this job people tell you things you might wish you didn't know but and you know so helping them through that or you know helping kids get to the next stage in their education Mm -hmm. I mean I feel like I feel like that's the place where I do the most good and that's like I chose this work because I wanted to do good not because I mean, there isn't any other reason to choose this work, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Like, I want to do good, and I love kids, so there you go. So I yeah. think that, I think that's what I would say. Yeah. So you've you've been here how many years? Did you say twenty? This is my twentieth year. Wow! Wow! So yeah, which is like sort of staggering in terms of yeah. like numbers of people that I've gotten to work with, and you mm-hmm. don't, you know, whatever. You don't have those connections with every kid for sure, right, but right. but it's no, it's pretty neat to like think about. And to be connected, you know, social media is easy for this. Like, to be connected and see, like, oh, look at those fierce people out there in the world doing their thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's really cool. Like, uh-huh. So, it's a, pretty, it's a pretty good deal. Yeah, it's, it's probably been hundreds, if not thousands, of yeah, students that you... Yeah, I'll try it. Oh, <laughs> 20. This seems like a, just a lot of years kids it's it's great I'll try not it's to great. think about that it makes me feel really old um so is there anything that you've always wanted to talk about but no one's ever asked oh I don't know probably many things but <laughs> like I don't know no I, you can't think of anything right I don't now know. yeah like I don't, I don't know that's okay I don't know do you want to think a little bit or just move yeah. on I don't know we can <laughs> skip it I'll, if I think of something I will come back okay um, what piece of advice would you share with younger women that you wish you had known? I guess that the whole image thing or if yeah, there's anything I mean, else. Yeah, no, I mean, I think like it's that it's, I mean, and this is very like cliche for right now, but like you do you woman, like <laughs> you don't, ha- and I think I, I think naively, I think, in a, I think it is naive that I think this cause I think it's probably not accurate. I feel like in many ways we've, come a long way in that regard like Mm -hmm. I think you know representation of you know you know women of different ethnicities different body types um you know lgbtq trans like I think all of that like we've come a long way in terms of people embracing it but I also think naively because 
I have, I'm aware also that I have lots of privilege, so I am mm-hmm. not a woman of color, I am not transgender, I am not, you know, from a historically marginalized community. I'd like to think that we do better, but I, my guess is we probably don't do, we haven't done as well as we think, but... Like I've just, seen some progress. Yeah, I mean, made. I think so. I and think at least so. shining a light on the Right, issues. exactly. Yeah. Like, awareness. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know how much better people feel about X, Y, or Z, but, so yeah, I mean, just, that, like, just do yourself. Like, and you don't have to, I mean, and again, I get to say this as a 42-year-old woman who is not living the experience of adolescence when all you want to do is be like everyone else. But, like, it is okay to be who you are. And you really, in the end, like, you don't have to apologize because no one is honestly paying as much attention as you think they are. (laughs) And I think that's that's the big, like was one of the big aha moments is like, oh my God, no one cares. Like no <laughs> one cares what I am doing. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't mean it in a, in a malicious way, yeah, but yeah, like, of course. like, no, like if, if you want to have those clothes or that hair, or if you want to choose that career, or, mm-hmm. you know, if you like that type of person, whatever, like no one cares. Like as long as you're kind to people, as long yeah. as you're a good human being, Nobody gives a shit. So, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, so I don't know if it's as good as I think it is, but I do, I do think it's better. So, mm-hmm. but I still think, I don't know. It's a hard thing to be an adolescent. It's a hard thing to be an adolescent yeah. woman. So, <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Um. So are there any short or long-term plans that, you'd like to talk about or anything you're working on so many things (laughs) winning the lottery retiring to hawaii um no that's probably not what you meant um so i am like and again this is like all random i have no career aspirations beyond where i am Mm. so if it's career stuff now i've thought about school administration but that pay is terrible for the kind of crap they have to deal with so and i like kids and administration ruins that so like Mm -hmm. career wise (laughs) nope I will be here um family wise like we are we're done like with advancing the family like that ship has sailed so we are finished um I want to someday maybe run a sub two hour half marathon the fastest I've ever run is 207.45. So that's significant okay. work yet to go. But shave off those seven minutes. Shave off seven minutes, <laughs> yeah. Mm, easier said than done. Yeah, but, yeah, you know, definitely. like, but so, no, I mean, honestly, like, I just want to stay healthy enough to be able to enjoy, like, the life that, that I built. I mean, mm-hmm. I dig it. Like, I'm honestly, like, I'm super happy, like. I love my life. I think it's good. So I'm sure I should have other aspirations probably, (laughs) you know, someone's like, you should want to, I don't know, whatever. But like, no, I'm pretty happy. I'd like to run a little faster, but you know, it's cool if I don't too. Yeah. Those are all the questions I have. Do you have anything to add or? I don't think so. I was trying to think like, is there anything (laughs) else? But I'm like, I don't really think that there is. Uh, anything else that did cover quite a lot nice oh my gosh it's a lot of 
what I'm shouting. You're like, oh. And so, do you go back and edit now? Mm-hmm. Okay, oh my god. That's crazy. <laughs> I can only imagine. Mrs. McGurk dropped so many amazing truth bombs on us during our interview, and I'm so glad that she agreed to talk with me on such an intimate level about so many things. There's nothing specific in our interview that I wanted to expand upon, since I think our conversation was pretty complete on its own, and I did ask a lot of follow-up questions during the interview rather than thinking of them after. One of the most interesting things about Mrs. McGurk for me right now, and her husband Mr. McGurk, who was my math teacher for both junior and senior years of high school, is that their 10-year-old son was actually one of my first students. I remember how she was pregnant with him while I was still in high school. It's insane to think about how I could have walked up to her while I was still my incredibly shy and reclusive 17-year-old self and told her, hey, I'm going to be your baby's music teacher in eight years. And they're not the only ones. There have been quite a few other teachers I had in middle school or high school who are now the parents of my students. I was their student, and now their kid is my student. It's just one of those weird, cool ways of blatantly seeing how time has passed and how people, specifically myself, have changed. Thanks for listening to the Why Is Not Withered podcast. If you found this episode particularly interesting or inspiring, please share, rate, and subscribe. Check out wisenotwithered.com for interview transcriptions and more. Join the Wise Not Withered movement by sharing your own story or by interviewing a wise woman in your life and sharing through your favorite social media platform. Use the hashtag wisenotwithered. Thanks again.